0: Lock
1: and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Friday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show. Live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. I'm Steve Dace. I'm smiling because this is Todd Erzin. That's Aaron McIntyre. Do you guys notice something? Boy, you can tell we live in the friggin' Midwest, man. And there's 75 inches of snow on the ground. We all came in yeah. wearing what? Where's your
0: flannel, Paul? Yes,
1: yes. Paul Alexander is here with us as well, former strategist for the Tulsi Gabbard presidential campaign. He'll be, he's dressed in <laughs> coat and tie. <laughs> we're sitting here like either we're about ready to go to a a concert for the Nevermind tour in 93. Does he know what show he's even on today? Or we're in the dead, and we mean dead, of a desolate winter here uh, in the Midwest. But Paul will be joining us here looking a a lot better than us in a moment uh, for the Dace Group. Let us know what you think about what we think. You can email the program steve at stevedace.com That's D-E-A-C-E Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Look for Steve Dace on Miwi on Gab, uh, as well, if you're looking for clips of the show that you can sample yourself and then share with others, um, you can do so a couple of different ways. Go to YouTube.com slash Steve Dace and then go to Rumble.com slash Steve Dace show. All right, uh, coming up next hour, Feedback Friday. Hey, I want to welcome a brand new uh, partner to the program, uh, Raycon uh, and their earbuds. And when these came in the mail, my my son looked at me and said, "Hey, are those uh, are those Raycons?" I said, "Yeah." He goes, I, "You mind if I give those a try?" I said, uh, "Not until I do." All right, so. That was a good sign that he knew what they were right away, right? That, that he was like, hey, those are, those are some of the best ones around. Uh, you put Raycon's wireless earbuds in your ear. I tried these out at the gym the other day. Totally drowned out all the sound around me. A nice fit. I've got these weird ears where like my ears are normal size, but like the... Entry to the ears is extremely small, all right? Thankfully, it comes with one of those things with the numerous different sizes of of earbuds to plug it in, so you can eventually find one that works, all right? No dangling wires or stems to get in your way here. Raycom comes in a range of stylish colors, always with a comfortable in-ear fit for a more discreet look. Uh, they're built to perform anywhere, anytime, with water and sweat-resistant construction and Bluetooth that pairs quickly and seamlessly with enough battery life for up to six hours of playtime. And right now, Raycon's offering 15% off all their products for our listeners and viewers. Uh, and here's what you got to do to get uh, take advantage of that. Go to Raycon.com, Raycon, C-O-N, Raycon.com slash Steve, that's it, Raycon.com slash Steve. You'll get 15% off your entire Raycon order right now when you go to raycon.com slash Steve. And now it's time for the day's group. weekly look at the week that was brought to you by Home Title Lock. Do not get a crash course in home title theft here in the year 2021. It can ruin you financially. Here's how this crime happens. Cyber thieves find your home's title online, where a lot of them are kept these days. Forge your signature on a quit claim deed stating you sold your home to him. Then he takes out loans against your home until that equity is gone. You often don't find out about it until the collection calls start pouring in, foreclosure notices, maybe even eviction notices. You're not protected by your homeowner's insurance, nor your mortgage lender, but you can be protected by home title lock and in the um, uh, in the unlikely event that you still are a victim of home title fraud while using this service home title lock promises that it will spend up to a quarter of a million dollars in legal fees to help restore your home's title rightfully to you so go to home title and register your address right now to see if you're already a victim but weren't aware and then while you're there use the code radio for 30 free days of protection for your most valuable asset that's 30 free days of protection with the code radio code radio at home title lock.com. Let's get to issue one. Bleep. Lord nefarious
2: says. Obviously Florida remains uh, a hot spot. Uh, the variant uh, looks like uh, it could spread very quickly around this state and Mika uh, vaccinations continue to go at an unbelievably slow rate.
3: Well, Anna, we're trying to enjoy it safely. Uh, we are at the Poor House in Tampa, which is a very lively uh, bar and restaurant, which is why I am double-masked. But if you take a look here at the scene uh, behind me, you can see that a lot of people are here. They're gathered. They're already uh, cheering for their favorite team. the Tampa police and I asked them, what are you doing about this? Everyone
2: knows that simply wearing a mask dramatically reduces the spread of COVID-19. And I'm proud to say that the majority of individuals that I saw uh, out and about, enjoying the festivities associated with the Super Bowl, were are complying. Those few bad actors uh, will be identified and the Tampa Police Department will handle it. Ron DeSantis uh, has been uh, stumbling around over the past year or so and has had some real problems, uh, especially as it's pertained to vaccines, but I don't think anybody would have expected him to foul it up as badly as he has.
4: My friends behind me Dr. Collins and Dr. Fauci about whether or not I should take my mask off. And the truth is, although we're more than 10 feet away, I think it's important that I'm not. There going
0: to be a time when we're going to be no masks. Where the level of virus
2: is so low, it's not a threat at all. Then at that point, you could start thinking in terms of not having to have a uniform wearing of masks.
3: His goal that he set is to have the majority of schools, so more than 50 percent open uh, by day 100 uh, of his presidency. And that means uh, some teaching in in classrooms so at least one day a week hopefully it's more that is our own effort to make our own set our own markings bold and, a, and a, set it in a bold and ambitious agenda for how we're going to measure ourselves and progress
4: what do you think of requiring a covid test before someone flies even domestically well, there's an active conversation with the CDC right now. What I can tell you is it's going to be guided by data, by science. I
3: would just say that the president's belief is that uh, trans rights are human rights, and that's why he signed that executive order. Uh, and in terms of the determinations by universities and colleges, I've certainly defer to them. Ted Cruz tweeted that he tried, he tried to have you murdered at the Capitol okay. right. Okay, so um, that's not the quote, okay. and... Um, I will not apologize for what I said. Former President Trump was banned. If he came back, ran for office again, and and was elected president, would you allow him back on the platform?
4: So the way our policies work, when you're removed from the platform, you're removed from the platform, whether you're a a commentator, you're a CFO, or you are a former or current public official. Very best information. Uh, Good afternoon,
1: Governor. First question, name the best of the worst this week. Paul is our guest. You get to go first. Go ahead, sir.
5: You know, I'm going to come right out of the gate with what I expect may be a controversial take. But I actually thought this week was pretty tame. I
1: actually agree with you. I was thinking that as I was watching this. I was like, this is the tamest one I think we have ever had. I agree. Yeah.
5: Well, well, great, we're starting from common ground, yes, we can, uh, <laughs> you know. And i, I- I'm sorry. Was that Queen Latifah?
1: My bad. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah.
5: <laughs> no, because when I look back on what's already transpired in the first few weeks of 2021, we've had a violent mob storm the U.S. Capitol building in an effort to overturn the presidential election. We've had a sitting U.S. congresswoman accuse a sitting U.S. senator of abetting in her attempted assassination, only to later find out that she was in no immediate danger and wasn't even in the same building as the criminals. And then we've had an organization whose Toronto chapter co-founder has said white skin is subhuman and white people are recessive genetic defects, as well as their New York chapters chairman just this last summer say that when black people become police officers, they are no longer black. That organization was nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. So when I look at the events of this week and compare it to what's already transpired, yeah, it felt pretty tame. I mean, yes, we had the typical litany of hypocritical petty tyrants like the California DA or the Tampa Bay mayor, who were exposed for not adhering to their own professed standards of COVID protocol. And yes, the New York Times continues to essentially serve as a propaganda arm for communist China. But, you know, that's essentially another day that ends in Y right now. So I say we chalk this one, week up as a W and uh, and move on.
1: Well, when you put it like that, um, Todd, no,
0: no, Uh, I've, I've been in the target of those petty tyrants before to the point of being accused with crimes I didn't commit. And I had to fight like hell to make sure, uh, I came out clean on the other side and I did, uh, these petty tyrants are everywhere. Uh, there's kind of a laugh track to them now and that's unfortunate because it's deadly serious uh th- we need we need to win this fight and we we cannot convince ourselves that we're getting back to normal things are, are are uh getting better it's flat out crazy and it's flat out crazy because largely because my favorite part i commented early on the week on this th- the last scene there that public health expert twit who got caught you can just see it in his eyes not getting the mask on in time when he's by himself in his office he just needs to virtue signal it these people are everywhere we let them run our lives we accede authority to them on every level they are responsible for tanking our economy they're responsible for uh choosing lies right now to maintain what they think is their credibility um I love that Aaron punctuated it. He's usually very intentional but that guy belonged at the end. He's not unique though. He is legion. He is everywhere. He's a punk. You should not, you, you need to go past laughing at him. You need to mock him. You need to make sure he gets fired in many cases. Listen, cancel culture ultimately is just coming after us. We need our own. This is it. There's no way around the fact that one side of this has to win and one side of this has to lose. And I'm tired of having to explain that to other people because i ain't going down like this to that guy i ain't
2: aaron quickly yeah i i would say probably the uh the turning of the tide of uh You know, um, are we going to require everybody who gets on an airplane to have a negative COVID test? Well, we're going to be guided by the science cut to, um, well, president uh, said, sorry, girls, transgender rights are human rights. uh, You can't you you can't reconcile those two things. But overall, other than the madness and uh, unmitigated uh, disaster that uh, every week is this, this one was pretty, pretty tame.
1: Uh, By the way, if you missed it yesterday's overtime, I I broke down why I think it's going to be darn near impossible for them to come up with some kind of plan uh, to for the government to pass its responsibility of COVID mitigation onto the airlines. So you can watch that uh, on our overtime at com slash DACE. Let's get to the exit question on a scale of 1 to 10. With 1 being how often Lindsey Graham will get to the bottom of things. And 10 being how much Lindsey Graham likes being on the bottom. Uh, rate this week's level of total depravity. Todd? 10. Paul, what do you think?
5: I object to your question on the basis of your continued assault and mischaracterization of Lindsey Grant. <laughs> I will not be bullied, Steve. <laughs> we must repeal your bigotry of <laughs> Lindsey. Root and Grant, now, please, put on your <laughs>
2: that's, that's awesome. I, I was going to yes. do one, but it just went up to a 10. Yes, yeah, yes. Let's get to issue two.
1: Carano, canceled.
2: Perhaps one of the most popular shows ever in existence by a streaming service, the Star Wars tale called The Mandalorian, is losing a beloved character after Lucasfilm, along with Disney, decided they'd had enough of actress Gina Carano. Carano played the role of Cara Dune, a strong, independent woman, on the aforementioned show. Disney and Lucasfilm say the reason they're parting ways with Carano is due to her social media postings, including one post recently drawing a comparison between American political culture and Nazi Germany. But Carano has already been on the receiving end of numerous campaigns to have her canceled, having posted numerous times calling out encroaching government power in the wake of COVID mitigation efforts, speaking out against transgenderism, and questioning the results of the 2020 election. In the aftermath of Carano's firing, Twitter users looked back and found old tweets of lead actor of The Mandalorian Pedro Pascal, where he posted a meme making the same comparison Carano did. By on b sums up the double standard best gina carano rehired by disney after she identifies as an abusive male director
1: by the way wasn't that the picture that pascal is sharing there isn't that the one that was found to actually be from a different country a different country yeah. in a different time period right yeah okay all right let's get to it first question true or false i think carano's real sin against the spirit of the age here is has nothing to do with the nazi comparisons um, it has been her refusal as a former decorated athlete to buy into trans madness. And she's called it out unabashedly. It's, and and it, it, there's been at least three times I can remember off the top of my head in the last year, I've logged onto Twitter and seen something with cancel Carano, cancel Gina Carano. And it's always about that. The problem is if, if Lucasfilm, if Disney cancels her for that, All right. So a successful athlete, a woman who plays a strong, independent female character. If they cancel her for her comments on that, it it essentially affirms all of the criticism she has of of trans ideology, right? Yes. So you got to bide your time. You have to wait. And that's what this is. This is sending Al Capone to Alcatraz for tax evasion. Uh, I think this is the convenient alternative excuse so that they don't have to argue the real issue that they have. Agree or disagree with that? Todd, I'll let you go first. Uh, of course
0: I agree with it. It's just more confirmation of what I said about transgenderism before 2020 even came along. That that was the final c- code, a cheat code against reality. If you could undo people's perceptions of man and woman, of gender, of their complementarity, then... All of reality was finally and officially up for grabs, and that's how you—that's that, how you get the God Killer, that, that, because there's there's no. You have, If you if you still are locked into some definition of objective reality, then you have got to acknowledge on some level order, uh, whether it's here temporally in terms of science or uh, in the cosmos above. But if you finally get rid of that last one and take things all the way back to creation and the first great good, male and female, he created them, it's... It, it, it's game over. Instead of def- in, in terms of defending objectivity on any level, if you can go after that, so Steve, of course you are right.
5: Paul, what do you think? I'm going to say false on a technicality. I think her making light of displaying pronouns on her Twitter profile certainly contributed in building the case for her sins against modern progressive ideology, but there's no way of proving that alone was the driving force. And she also took some heat for criticizing mask mandates and citing election fraud. I think this is an instance of Occam's razor where the simplest explanation is likely the correct one. Gina Carano had to be punished Because she was a strong, successful, opinionated, that's key, opinionated, woman in Hollywood who would not openly embrace a progressive agenda. So you're partially correct. But I think you know, similar to Amy Coney Barrett, who was never widely embraced as this female trailblazer and someone who broke through glass ceilings. It's not because she isn't. You know, she is a brilliant legal scholar, a mother of seven, someone with the compassion to adopt two children from Haiti. But why wasn't she embraced as a symbol of female empowerment? It's because... Her beliefs were right of center, and that undercuts the narrative of independent, successful, empowered women exclusively being of the left. Now, real quick, I've been giving this a lot of thought. What what upset me more than the, the decision from Lucas Films to fire Gina Carano was the immediacy with which her representatives at UTA mm-hmm. then severed The talent
1: agency, yeah.
5: Yes, the talent agency. And as someone who works in the entertainment business, the question from your audience, I I gather all, all the time, is what can we actually do to fight back against the normalization of this cancel culture? And I think in this instance, there's something very simple. There are talents like Michelle Malkin, Brian Kilmeade, Dennis Miller, Megan McCain, Lara Logan, uh, Willie Robertson of Duck Dynasty, prominent conservative voices who are represented by UTA, an organization that has now made clear they are actively working against your values mm-hmm. of free speech. Don't be silent about it. These are individuals who make a living based on the support of audiences like this. Be vocal, voice your displeasure, and apply some pressure to have these individuals cut their ties with UTA. Because UTA has been slashing salaries and cutting employees aggressively the past year. They're in trouble financially. Another agency like WME or CAA will grab up these people immediately because this is millions of dollars that'll be left on the table if they cut bait with UTA. So for people looking for an easy way to push back and get a victory, this is one way to start.
1: I'm glad you went there because, you know, I've got 15 emails in my inbox right now. Um, are you guys gonna, you know, are we gonna boycott Disney Plus? Blah 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 blah. Okay. And you and I were talking about this yesterday off the air. Disney Plus just crossed 95 million subscribers. Yeah. Let's let's say we got the full throated organizational heft of the blaze and the daily wire and rush limbaugh uh, just start naming big names okay and big platforms fox news and we all went all in to cancel disney plus for six months let's say we got 10 15 million people to cancel that that first of all we couldn't i'm just telling you that we could not do it okay but let's say we pulled that off that is nothing man that's a nothing burger. Okay, well, I guess they'll live life with 70 million subscribers then. I, I mean, how will they ever muddle through? I, I think we've got to figure out, which, and that's what you're explaining, Paul, to, to borrow a Star Wars reference here. What is the thermal exhaust port? You can send all the X-Wing fighters at a Death Star head-on all you want. You might get some surface blows, you might take out some gun turrets, but eventually Alderaan still explodes. What What is... What's the thermal exhaust port? What I hear you articulating here is that's an Achilles heel there. That's a place vulnerable to attack.
5: Yeah. Yeah, that's your point of leverage. I mean, these agencies only make their money through their clients. So there's no sponsorships. There's no subscribers. There's no advertisers. If they lose clients, that's money. And that will make a lasting statement.
1: I also hear you saying that you think this is overall... That, that she's a unicorn. This is what they've been trying to do this with Chris Pratt, who's maybe the most popular movie star in the world right now. They've been trying to do this with him for the last couple of years uh, for similar reasons. They, they tried doing it a few months ago with Matthew McConaughey when he was out promoting his book. And he was like, uh, I actually agree with you guys on the issues. I just don't know why we have to hate the people that disagree with us. And they wanted to cancel him for that. Well, you don't hate these people, then, you know, then you should be canceled. What I hear you say is that she is not, she's just a, a, a cultural unicorn here that has to be cast out, similar to those other two examples.
5: Somewhat. I think she's more of a threat because she is a woman. Yeah, I agree. There's a lot of of investment behind the narrative that independent, strong women are exclusively of of liberal ideology. Um, And I do think because, you know, whereas McConaughey is more, hey, let's not hate the other side. Gina Carano is more actively espousing views from Mm. the other side. So it's
4: a bit different.
1: Yeah, Pratt's not political at all. He's just very open about his Christianity. Carano was, was, was... per her character. She was she was dropping bombs. Aaron, what do you think?
2: So I think the answer to this question is is true. And uh, you mentioned Chris Pratt. I was going to m- mention him as well. Guys, they're trying to cancel the author or they have tried to cancel multiple times the author of the probably most ubiquitous story my generation's Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter. They've mm-hmm. tried to cancel J.K. Rowling most multiple times for simply saying boys are boys and girls are girls. Not for not not for any necessarily what we would call Yeah, she still um,
1: thinks we're all Nazis yeah she still yeah.
2: thinks that we're all uh she, 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 yeah all, all Nazis yeah she she, she for, she's doing it for the reason hey um what's the point of being gay what's the point of right. uh feminism yes. if uh if, if you can just be anything at any time right. based on your own whims that's the reason why she's saying and even yeah. that's that's not woke enough so I, I I would say the answer to this question is is definitely true and I would also add it's a great idea by Paul. The, the the word there, and this is a good reminder for this that he used. I'm glad he used it. Is leverage the leverage point, because you you can't against the behemoth of the long march through the institu- uh, institutions, uh, you're not just going to be able to hit that uh, broadside 300 style. Um, remember 300, you know, all those guys actually died. Mm-hmm. Um, you you have to be able to find <laughs> leverage points, and that's I think Still that's made a it good for way. for a hell of a movie though. Exactly.
1: What do you think, Todd? You've been sitting quiet for the last few minutes while the rest of us have gone back and forth what do you think well you, you know i said you were right about the transgender the best
0: tweet she ever did about this and you know it got out of their skin when she responded to pronouns and she said in r2d2 speak beep bop boop she just totally disdains their lies she's a fantastic woman and then another great uh, babylon b about her said uh, disney believes in strong female characters as long as they're fictional she's t- why do we have to wait for her the mma fighter to be the one in the ring to just tell the truth that's all she's doing that is it she's a fantastic human being tough as nails tougher in real life than she is even in an mma ring because she she's not that guy that we just talked about with the silly little mask she's so unique she's so real it's fantastic
1: by the way breaking news i'm just seeing this right now uh from deadline gina carano Announces new movie project with The Daily Wire's Ben Shapiro. Nice. Uh, quote, they can't cancel us if we don't let them, unquote. So if you were wondering, is, is, is she going to shirk? Uh, is she going uh, to become a shrinking violet in light of what they've done? No, she is uh, doubling and tripling down here in the aftermath of what has gone on. So any quick thoughts about that?
0: Always fight back always fight back don't play by their rules ever because they're ridiculous
1: exit question and I want to give me a quick answer why you answered the way you did we got about two three minutes will America cancel cancel culture or will cancel culture cancel America
5: Paul what do you think the numbers are on the side of America to cancel cancel culture. It's just a matter of mobilization and making the effort to fight back a lot easier to wrap your head around. Because the, the, the loudest voices are not greatest in number, they are just very organized. And I would say, you know, 80% of the country genuinely hates this trend Mm -hmm. towards silencing people's opinions and free speech. I mean, even Gina Carano's, I I looked at a timeline of her offenses. (laughs) They they were not egregious, Uh, you know, even if I disagree. How about about
1: James Gunn, the director who got canceled a couple of years ago for, for pedo humor, And then was brought back. How about him going in and liking the tweets calling for her cancellation this week? How about that? Are apples? you kidding me? I'm not kidding. See, me. this
0: is no. No. This is why the opposite is true. At this rate, and I just got done endorsing how great she is, but cancel culture is absolutely going to cancel America at this rate. There's not enough of her right now. It We're we simply a nation of cowards right now. And I wish you were right about that 80 percent, Paul. But even if they think that, they sit there and they just take it over and over and over again.
2: Aaron, what do you think? Yeah, I would tend to agree with uh, with Todd, especially the way things are trending. Because the way things are trending, if it hasn't stopped yet, it's not going to stop until the people who um, who, who need to speak up are going to be victims of it. And at that point, it's going to be too late. Quick, quick point. Go ahead. Go ahead.
5: The one in about 30, 30 seconds. seconds. I'll say, okay, the why I think this is different is because... Donald Trump is no longer in office, and I know that's a really simplistic reason to say that we actually have a chance against this, but... He's such a great straw man and distraction for people who otherwise dislike this to just say, oh, well, Orange Man Bad. Yeah, exactly. I co- dude, him.
1: we were just having this conversation. Todd and I were before the show. It's like Orange Man Bad gone. And the AP now wants to dunk on Andrew Cuomo, wants to dunk on the Lincoln Project. They're like doing real journalism you know, <laughs> again. That's kind of what he's talking about is what you and I were discussing before the show. We'll come back the masquerade we will discuss that next if you are struggling with pain that comes from inflammation now if you have an injury go get it medically treated all right but we're talking here about the uh, the stiffness and soreness of joints, uh, back, knees, neck, shoulder pain. For me, it is a hip flexor. Yeah, the underlying cause of a lot of that uh, pain and stiffness is inflammation. That's why I want to check out. The product that I use, called Omega XL, backed by 35 years of clinical research. Omega XL will attack the inflammation that's causing your pain, and you want to neutralize that inflammation that's causing painful, stiff joints and muscles before it becomes a more serious medical problem later. Hey, you know, pain relievers, those topical rubs—they can do in a jiffy, but we're really just masking the problems. Pardon the pun. Uh, we're just masking the problems. If you want to get to a solution, check out Omega XL, and right now we can get you started with buy one get one free buy one bottle get a second one for free when you visit omegaxl.com, just like it sounds omega slash steve that's omega slash steve or if you're driving right now and you can't get online or you're old school give them a call at 800-844-4888 that's 800-844-4888 We welcome back in our good friend Paul Alexander, former strategist for the Tulsi Gabbard for President campaign. Let's continue on with our weekly look at the week that was. Let's get to issue three, Mask Holes.
2: What a week it was for the cult of masks starting last weekend in Tampa, Florida, where CNN just couldn't even with the Super Bowl revelers.
3: Well, Anna, we're trying to enjoy it safely. Uh, we are at the Poorhouse House in Tampa, which is a very lively uh, bar and restaurant, which is why I am double masked. But if you take a look here at the scene uh, behind me, you can see that a lot of people are here. They're gathering.
2: In the aftermath of that, Tampa Mayor Jane Castor said those who were seen without masks will be referred to the police. Those few bad actors uh, will be identified and the Tampa Police Department will handle it. Then Dr. Anthony Fauci went on Fox News to talk about... Is there going to be a time when we're going to be no masks? Where the level of virus is so low it's not a threat at all, then at that point you could start thinking in terms of not having to have a uniform wearing of masks. This was before the CDC came out with their new air quote research into the efficacy of double masking. The research they published wasn't tested on human beings and reeks to high heaven. Perhaps now would be a good time to remind you of new White House Coronavirus Task Force member Dr. Michael Osterholm's words from last June.
4: There, there are two lines of, of, uh, of answers here. One is about the science based answers. The other one's about the emotional based answers. Uh, as humans, we all wanna be able to do something to protect ourselves, our families, our communities, whatever. But you have to look at the science carefully here. First of all, the environment plays very, very little, if any role at all in the transmission of this. All this cleaning we're doing, all this hand washing, which because I work in a lot of other infectious diseases, don't stop hand washing, it's really important, okay? But it's, it's, it's not having a big impact on what we're doing to prevent disease here. All this wiping down, et cetera, you know, we just the data are not there to support that this is a even minor way of transmission uh, in terms of what goes on. Um, But we do it because it makes us feel good. And we can tell people to do it. And it shows you can see watch people doing it. And therefore, wow, that's good. The second thing is, is this masking issue. And uh, this is a very, very uh, real issue for me, because it's all about healthcare workers at first. Um, we now know, and I've spent my career working on in influenza. I've been working on it for, for 40 years. Um, we have come to understand completely that aerosols are a very critical way which influenza is transmitted. These are those little particles I talked about when you're talking. This, my office right now is filled. If you had the sunlight coming through the window, you'd see in this office all that dust. That's aerosols. And a lot of them are just from talking, not coughing, not sneezing, you know, none of that. And the challenge we have is that we have increasing data that shows that this is just like flu, that there isn't really a lot of virus we just put out that way. Well, in N95 respirator, the kind of, the type face-fitting mask that we use in healthcare, and we have to save it for them because we're otherwise already short. Um, I ask for two different reasons. One is it's the material itself that, go, that you breathe through. And you breathe through this matrix material, which is actually a poured type material that actually allows air to pass through, but it traps the virus with electrostatic charge and holds it in there. Much like if you think of your Gore-Tex, you know, the rain stays out, but the perspiration gets out. Um, and that's important, but you can actually achieve some of that same filtering with cloth mass, with just plain cloth mass. The problem is it's all about the fit. You know, unless you have a tight face fit, it's kind of like fixing three of the five screen doors in your submarine. You know, it just it, it the air just goes in the sides. It takes the path of least resistance. So when you blow out or blow in, the air is just all there. Well, if I'm in a room full of this virus and aerosols, I, it's not the front part of the mask that's doing its job. It's the tight face fit. And so um, I, I say if you don't have an N95, you're, you're not protected. Um, can a cloth mask or a surgical mask reduce the likelihood well let's look at it from two perspectives If it's me trying i'm trying to protect myself um, there are some limited data that says it may reduce the risk but let me just make a point here if you're walking across an intersection and a semi comes along at 50 miles an hour and hits you as you're walking across that's not good but if you're walking across that same intersection and a Ford pickup comes by and hits you at 50 miles an hour, that's not good either. So merely reducing the size didn't stop the outcome from happening that both did. And so all the data we would have say at this point that that just masking of itself with a cloth mask or a surgical mask surely may reduce the number of particles you put out, big particles, or the big particles that get in, but it's the little particles that are coming along the sides that are the real problem. And so I'm, I'm telling you you know i would throw the kitchen sink at this thing if i thought that it would make a difference uh masks are not a major issue and by the way in 1918 there were actually some very exhaustive studies done on mass after that and john barry the historian who we work with closely will tell you not one of them found that they made any difference number two is just think about this common sense this this is a group of common sense people here the area of the world where geographically we had the most high, the highest frequency of mask wearing is just a social cultural event. It was in China, Hubei Province, China, in November and December of last year. Did that mask wearing have any impact on that emergence of that horrible horrible uh, city on fire ch- situation? I mean, that was one where we had virtually everyone wearing masks publicly. Didn't make a difference.
1: He goes on to talk about the uh, scarlet letter impact of, okay, uh, you're a lesser person if you're, wearing, if you're not wearing a mask. Uh, you're a better person if you are wearing one. Why don't we just apply this? If you're a smoker, you're a second-class citizen. If you're overweight, you're a second-class citizen. So true or false, first question, Paul, I'll go to you first. On day 7,398 to flatten the curve. Anthony Fauci, whose brainwaves were posthumously downloaded into a supercomputer, named MODOC, which stands for Modified Organism Designed Only for Killing, uh, so that he may continue on as our guide, urged Americans to cover every pore of their skin with masks as the COVID-19 IFR skyrocketed to point two seven six four two one nine percent Paul, your thoughts, true or false? <laughs> oh. <laughs>
0: There's my guy. <laughs>
5: So what I'm getting from that question, Steve, is that you didn't appreciate the Dr. Fauci baseball card I sent you for Christmas. Uh,
1: What I appreciated is you weren't even the only one to send me that card. Several other people actually did. But yours is actually up on the shelf over my shoulder, just so you know. Oh,
5: yeah. Tremendous. Tremendous. All right. Um, well, first, i I'm going to acknowledge that I almost definitely, based on what I know about the three of you and your thoughts on Dr. Fauci, have, have different opinions of him than, than you do. Uh, I've never gotten the impression that he was a political actor. Now, I think his position has been politicized by others, but I, I've never gotten the impression that he is consciously part of a nefarious plot. You see what I did? <laughs> um, you know, I, I think he is human. It doesn't mean that he, he can't be wrong. I think he's human. He's flawed. He's prone to making errors. I think where the real issue has come is with the majority of the national media treating him as infallible, that he is above questioning And this cult of personality that has surrounded him has really... Made everything a lot more difficult in terms of finding the truth because Mm -hmm. I feel like a majority of the people don't want to seek the truth, uh, because it's been politicized to that extent. Um, You know, even even someone like Chef Smith, who I I actually have a lot of respect for, you know, signs off his newscast by saying, "Follow the Fauci." It feels like everyone's sort of looking at him as this savior when he's really just he's just a scientist. He may have some opinions that are you know worth taking into consideration, and he may have reached some conclusions that are completely off base um so i i i'm, I'm not of the belief that he sh- deserves to be vilified and i know i'm probably in the minority within this panel uh you are that pres- but that's okay that's all right okay yeah. um yeah i i i think that answered your question i okay. i you know yeah
2: aaron what do you think um, to me, the the uh, the answer to that question is um, un, unmitigatedly uh, true. I, I think that uh, Fauci has, uh, for for one reason or another, he has um, soaked up the limelight. I, I don't I don't know how any rational person, um, which we're purporting Fauci to be, can take the position in January, uh, and February. No big deal, nothing to worry about. No big deal, nothing to worry about. And then in March, say, this has a, the potential to be 10 times more deadly than the seasonal flu that he said in front of Congress. Um, he has taken literally every side of every issue. And, I, you know, if you want to if you want to give somebody like that the maximum maximum benefit of the doubt that a, hey, um, you know, the, the data changes okay, you can do that. The data doesn't change as much as Anthony Fauci has made the data change. It just doesn't, things don't work like that. Masks can't be, um, you don't don't wear masks. People should not be wearing masks. Masks really do work. And then double masking, you know, it's common sense. Things don't just change. It's not that fluid of a situation. You want to give the maximum benefit of the doubt. Yeah, uh, COVID has been a fluid situation in terms of the science that we know about it. It has not been as as fluid as that. That's just not how it works. So yes, he's, he's going to, to remain in the limelight as long as we let them.
1: Todd, quickly, you get the last word.
0: Did you know 400,000 healthcare professionals in this country, despite wearing the best mask you can wear, have gotten COVID? But double mask, mask until late fall, uh, mask until it's gone. Listen, we need to be making more Nazi analogies, not less, because these are disgusting propagandists. We told you since March, and it's getting worse. It's not getting better.
1: Exit question. If the answer to when the masks go away were a Beatles song, which Beatles song would it be? A. The Long and Winding Road. B. Here Comes the Sun. Or C. Strawberry Fields Forever. Aaron. Strawberry Fields Forever. Todd. Yeah. Paul,
5: what do you think? Long and Winding Road.
1: All right. Issue four impeachment. Really quick. In and out because we have predictions. How much have you watched this week and why? Todd. I've
0: watched a little bit, and again, it's the premise, if they can do it to him, what, they can, uh, what can they do uh, to us? It, it's important for that reason. Okay.
1: I've watched zero, because I don't care.
2: Aaron? Uh, I've watched more of this uh, in Congress, <laughs> honestly, <laughs> than I have any of the impeachment stuff. And for those of you listening, what we're watching is Congressman Tom Emmer upside down on Zoom. Uh, I did watch that cat filter, dude. Yeah.
5: Uh, I watched that quite a bit. Paul, how much of the impeachment have you watched? I have not watched a single second. And it's not because I think Trump should be absolved of any responsibility. I just don't believe the process has any credibility. You know, the uh, residing judge is a sitting Democrat senator who's twice convicted Trump and accused him of committing a felony. There is no cross-examination, no witnesses. There's no genuine effort to make this a fact-finding investigation. It's just a
1: fundraiser. It's a fundraiser, let's be honest. That's what it is. It's a fundraiser.
5: Yeah. Yeah. My, my, My only genuine interests of this whole deal is uh, is in seeing how how senator ben sass votes because i i do believe he is a sincere constitutional conservative and he would not vote to convict purely because he doesn't like trump so i'll, I'll be looking very closely at what he does
1: he's going to vote to convict because he doesn't like trump all right let's <laughs> get to the predictions um i shouldn't have done that paul i'm well sorry bad well state played. bad state
2: oh, i'm sorry all right predictions here go ahead Uh, Before COVID madness is over, if it is ever over, it will be seriously, seriously put out there that triple masking is something that can be done. I'm dead serious. I'm dead serious.
1: I can't wait for when the teenagers start getting triple condoming. In the uh, sex ed class, and it turns out to be, like, the best abstinence message ever. What do you think, Todd? Go ahead. I think uh, Cuomo is uh, in enough trouble that he's going to have to throw
0: Fauci under the bush. Because, remember, Fauci said New York did everything right. As a human
1: shield, saying, hey... I just followed Cuomo. I'm just following the expert. All right. Paul, your prediction.
5: Go. Gina Carano will be the newest cast member of the five by April.
1: That is a fascinating (laughs) prediction. And I could... I could see that, and I think that would be a great move for them. Yeah. So my prediction is, the gentleman we just heard from, Michael Osterholm, I think he won't survive 90 days as Biden's COVID advisor, and here's why. See, I actually think Michael Osterholm is a real scientist, and what he has been trying to do for the last six months to a year is, I think he's figured out there's not a market for science. And so he has tried to play the Fauci political game. Remember last week or two weeks ago when he was asked about the double masking thing? It's like, that's a bad idea. Science is a bad idea. Uh, it's bad for the wear. Right? He ran it all down. Yeah. Now we're out there. Uh, well, we should do it. I, I think he has, has started off thinking. Doesn't mean he's been right all the time either. But he has start, I think he started off thinking that there was an actual market for science and then figured out there's not. And now he's trying to play the political game. The problem is he's not an ideologue. I mean, this guy's worked for multiple administrations, the World Health Organization, at the University of Minnesota. He's not a creature of Washington or New York like Fauci is. Right now he's holed up at the University of Minnesota. And I just think he's not good at this game because he's, he, he's trying to find this place where you don't have to go full out media whore like Fauci and still be a real scientist and that place in our media does, does not exist. So I don't think he's going to last. That, that's my prediction. I think, I think he has too much of a history of being an actual scientist
2: to survive.
0: Good. I hope he doesn't, last because then he doesn't deserve to.
1: Paul, good to see you as always, brother. Thanks for joining us, all right?
5: Likewise. Good to see you guys. All
1: right. Thank you. We'll come back. Hour two on its way. We'll get to Feedback Friday. You'll get to set the agenda of what we're talking about. The very first topic we're going to address systemic racism somebody wants to push back on me and my view on that so we'll get to that and more in feedback friday coming up with Hour two in a moment With hour two live and on demand on Blaze TV radio and podcast. Steve Dace here with Aaron McIntyre, Todd Erzin. Down to the final hour of the week. You've made it this far. You might as well stick around for the bitter end here on the program. Steve at SteveDace.com is how you can email us. We'll get to some of your emails coming up here in a moment on Feedback Friday. That's D E A C E. Like us on Facebook, MeWe, and Gab. Look for Steve Dace there to like. You can also follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. And then if you're looking for clips of the program that you want to sample and then you hopefully will share with others, go to youtube.com slash Steve Dace and rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. If you're looking for copies of my latest book, A Nefarious Carol, we started delving into that for Theology Thursday yesterday, the sequel to my 2016 book, A Nefarious Plot. Get your copy today at Amazon.com. Or if you want to bypass them and get an autographed copy, you can do that via Premier Collectibles. Uh, just uh, for the link, go to my Twitter account, Facebook page. It's pinned right to the top of each one. We can click on that link, get an autographed copy. You don't have to give Amazon any of your money if you don't want to. But if you don't mind going to Amazon, if you've read the book or listened to the audio version, you'll liked it you wouldn't mind leaving us a five-star review there at at amazon we would appreciate that similarly if you're a podcast listener we appreciate you show your appreciation for us please hit that subscribe button if you don't mind the more of those i mean we were just looking at some of the podcast numbers for this show and our podcast audience uh, essentially uh, i mean the numbers you were just sharing with me they basically doubled last year right
2: Yeah, if I'm reading them correctly, which I think I am, then... then.
1: All right, well, let's keep that momentum going, all right? Keep hitting that subscribe button for us. Uh, Leave us a five-star review, whichever platform that you access the podcast through. Thank you to all of you that have done those things for us already. All right, let's get to Feedback Friday, brought to you by Built Bar. You don't have to make the choice anymore about eating healthier or tastier because you've never had a protein bar this good. You haven't had some candy bars that are this good. Well over 20 flavors, including a brand new one, coconut brownie chunk is the brand new one. How good does that sound? By the way. It sounds all right. Yeah, that's it's on its way. I can't wait cannot wait to try it. All of them are covered in real chocolate, all of them delicious, all of them healthy as well. Uh, Less than, what, five carbs per bar, three to five grams of sugar per bar, up to 20 grams of protein per bar, uh, less than 180 calories uh, per bar. You've never, ever, Tasted something this good that's this good for you. I promise. So, you want to take advantage of my last name right now, whether it's your first or you've tried them before, but you want to go back for seconds, your next order. When you go to builtbar.com, that's the only place you can get them at builtbar.com. B U I L T for builtbar.com. Use the promo code DACE for D E A C E. 20% off. 20% off when you drop my last name as the promo code at builtbar.com. All right, let's get to Feedback Friday, and we begin with our old friend Drexel King. Remember him from last year when we were discussing a lot of the race issues happening in America with the riots and the unrest. All right. He writes, when you say you don't believe in systemic racism, what does that mean? I believe racist people collectively used systems to oppress others and advantage themselves. I think you would agree that similarly, sinful people are trying to use the government to oppress others, the collective overreach of institutions telling churches they can't meet, etc. However, I would argue that these systems have been disproportionately used against black people in America uh, and, and do have an effect on present day black Americans. I don't hate America. I fought for America. No, I don't think that black people are unable to achieve great things. Not all black people experience the same things and think the same way. However, I can't help but think that it is intellectually expedient and convenient to say that all the problems in the black community and the experiences of racism are self-induced or they are perceived problems yet not real. When you say you don't believe in systemic racism, could you clarify what that means, please? I know you're not saying that all black people are liars or that black people are making this up. The problem for me is I don't know what it is that you're saying. I'm not absolving personal responsibility and individual Individual accountability. I am saying that sin is complex. If we're going to talk about institutional reconciliation and personal reconciliation, we have to better understand the problem, or the conversation we need will not take place, nor will the appropriate solutions arise. If you agree, please be a little more precise with your language, even if others are not doing so. Define your terms, speak on the parts that you agree with and the parts that you can't. You do this with a lot of other issues, and I do think there is some refinement for you in this one particular area. Just because many crazies have grabbed a narrative and run with it for their own agenda does not mean there is not some validity to systemic oppression against the black community. Thanks for your grace in these matters, and it's tough to communicate uh, back to you like this in an email. Again, that's from Drexel King. So um, excellent questions. I would respond if you were here, Drexel. I, I would ask you, show me what system you believe is specifically devised in order to oppress black Americans. What is What is the system? Because I don't believe there is any such system. I believe in the history of this country, we did have such systems. I, I don't believe we have them anymore. I think, we, I think it is possible that, and maybe even likely, that we have residual, generational, or residue from those systems that no longer exist. For example, what the welfare state did to urban America really in general from a fatherlessness standpoint. I mean, go back and I mean, watch the movie Boys in the Hood. That movie's almost 30 years old now, by the way. The entire premise of that movie is that fatherlessness uh, destroyed the black community. That's the whole premise of the movie. While it asserts, by the way, a lot of left-wing political tropes, the heart of the film, as uttered by Lawrence Fishburne, the father character, is that fatherlessness destroyed the black community. So I would want to know in the year 2021, you know, I know this is, this is like a funny example, but in the summertime, I I go on YouTube when I'm bored and I can't wait for football season. I've talked about this before. And I'll go on there and you can watch like old games from the 70s and 80s and 90s in their entirety. Commercials and everything. And it's just fun to go back and reminisce and watch the old graphics and intros, and I just really miss Keith Jackson's voice. And often, the commercials are included. And since football is played, what time of year? Fall. Fall. Which time of year do we have elections? Fall. Which means a lot of times commercials in these given years are what kind of commercials? Political. Political commercials. And I'll go back and watch political commercials from the 80s and the 90s. And they're saying all the same things we're saying right now, like nothing's any better. Nothing has changed. Nothing has. Maybe you can say that to Aaron's generation, who doesn't know any better. But I'm too old now. I do know better. I do know it's better. I do know there has been major progress made in America. Because I'm old enough to have lived to see it. So I would want to know, what are those specific systems? And if you can pinpoint them to me, I'm all for eradicating them. I just don't believe there is a specific system that specifically targets, in the year 2021, black Americans for the goal of oppressing them. Well, maybe actually on top, now that I think about it, I can come up with one: the American education system, as governed by the teachers' unions, everywhere where they have the most control. Because often we, decer- we often we determine whether systemic racism exists by the results of a system. Right? That that's often how. How do we know? Well, what are the re- d- does that system have iniquities? You look at the NFL, college football, given the representation of black players, I would agree there are too few black head coaches. I would agree with that. But, but I, I don't know what other system could they put in place. You already have to interview in the NFL. You have to interview at least one minority coach before you hire anybody. So I, I don't I don't know. The only system I can think of that they would do is they're even now incentivizing teams. My favorite team just hired a black general manager, for example. It's their second one, actually. They they had one 10 years ago. But now they're even incentivizing, hey, if you do hire minority coaches or general managers, you get extra draft picks. Okay. I don't know what else you can do other than that, other than specifically mandate that every year out of the 32 NFL coaches, a certain amount of them have to be black. But I would argue that that's systemic racism, actually. That, that, that is a system that will, that is specifically saying, if you are of a certain color, it doesn't matter what your skill level is. Once we've exceeded your representation limit, you can't have the job. I, I would argue that is systemic racism. The one area where if we're going to use results... You can't really use police shootings. There's been so much work done that has shown actually police over. It's not even close, actually. Shoot white people far more than blacks. It's not even close. Just go look at the Washington post own database on it. It's its actually not even close. I was stunned, too, by the way. I was shocked. But the numbers are what they are. One area where if we're going to just, and I, and I don't even believe in using results because if we just use results to determine whether something is systemically racist, then I think we are going the other way. We're totally removing personal responsibility from the equation. But again, I don't know what other metric is good to use. So, okay, let's use that one. There's one area where I can say, I, I, I could see an, an, an example of systemic racism. And it's the teacher union controlled education system. Where the more control teachers unions have in those areas of America, every single time, without, without exception, every single time you see black achievement, the lowest. Every single time. And that's why I've been a big proponent of uh, school choice, education freedom throughout the entire course of my career. That's why I'm a big proponent of things like charter schools, private schools, homeschooling is because of that. But I I don't know where, uh, give me another, I would would ask you, show me where you think it exists and then let's talk about those specific examples. Because if I could cite specific examples, I would believe in systemic racism. But other than the educrat controlled teacher unions, um, I can't come up with one. What I what I think is that by and large, a group of shakedown artists have realized there's a lot of money to be made by pretending that America is still Birmingham, Alabama in, in nineteen fifty seven, by pretending to believe Donald Trump was George Wallace as was George W. Bush, as was Mitt Romney, as was John McCain, as was Ronald Reagan. Just every Republican is George Wallace, who was actually a Democrat. Um, that's what I see. I, 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 I see a system. I don't believe I don't see systemic racism in America other than in the teacher union dominated education system. Well, you know what? Maybe I came up with one more. I would I could argue Planned Parenthood is an example of systemic racism. I mean, first of all, it was one of the reasons it was specifically founded was the extermination of, of of black people. Number one, but but then number two, when you look at the abortion rates in the black community compared to every other demographic, it's just not even close. So I, so you challenged me on the spot, and I didn't have like answers prepared ahead of time. Just thinking through this, so I started off thinking there were none. I actually have come up with two. So there you go. The, the edgy teacher union dominated system. I, I would argue that's an example of systemic racism. And, and we keep poor people who are predominantly black in these urban areas. We keep them in these underperforming schools. We don't let them out. Um, and to let them out, would, makes you the racist to let them out to, for mom and dad or mom or dad to put them in the school that they would like with the funding that is theirs makes you the racist, keeping them there, uh, in an underperforming, dangerous education setting is the tolerant position, I guess. Um, And the other example is, I would argue, um, the abortion movement is systemic racism. But it's, it's it's not 1961. It's not 1971. It's 2021. At some point with race in America... What is the win? Like Anthony Fauci said this week, you can take off your mask when COVID's no longer a threat. Define threat. The flu still a threat. Colds are still a threat. Measles is a threat. Define threat. What does that mean? Till it's zeroed out. So smallpox then thousands of years. This is Fauci's mask policy now. Yes, yes. Tell me, tell me when. Tell me when we move on as a country. Tell me when. Tell me when we do. You know when? When one black man
0: said that time was the beginning of the 20th century. His name was Booker T. Washington, and whatever uh, systematic racism you think exists now. Compare it to what actually existed then. And his answer to that was, let's not waste each other's time with this nonsense. Let's get to work. Let's have families. Let's start small businesses. Let's grow our own communities. Let's earn the respect of people by just being given the freedom that everybody else has. That's what he preached at the beginning of the 20th century. If it was good enough then, it sure as hell is good enough now. Steve Uh, nailed it in his analysis. I don't don't
1: know anybody anything. My ancestors came over here from Sicily, Italy at the turn of the century. They lived in the ghettos before non-whites do now. We were garlic eaters, wops, dagos. We weren't given anything. I don't oh I don't not descend I don't I, I, none of my ancestors fought in any civil wars or anything of that nature owned any plantations well I can't totally say that because I don't know a lot um, about well, yeah, the one side of the family I don't know a lot about is the ones who came over here at the turn of the century. But so. Steve,
0: you grew up in a stable household, mom yeah. and dad, right? I mean, you am yeah, a silver was, spoon in your mouth, right? You yeah, know?
1: I mean, I was born to a 15-year-old mom. Oh, we ate we yeah. had government cheese. Yeah. We were on ADC food stamps. There's that. You know? So, I, I mean, I got to tell you, I don't, I don't see it. Now, the two areas where I do see it, early in my career, I attacked those issues. That's why I helped put the first black member of the Des Moines School Board ever in office. Him and I went on to become great friends. He passed away a few years ago. It's why I helped organize black churches against Planned Parenthood in my own community and for pro-life causes because I thought those were issues of systemic racism and so I went after them. If there's others I'm missing, I'm totally fine addressing them. Um, but I don't, I don't, I don't see it. I don't, I don't think a renegade cop who should not have choked out George Conway, but Floyd. I, or George Floyd, I'm sorry, I should not have choked him out. But, but I don't think the fact that a guy who once a drug addict who once pointed a gun at a pregnant woman's stomach was choked out by a cop. I, I just, I'm sorry. I don't think it's an episode of Roots. And I'm not, you know, I'm not sorry, actually. I don't. I I, I don't think that. I, I don't think that this is the Frederick Douglass hour. I don't. I don't. And if that's your definition of systemic racism, then we're just not going to agree. We're just not. But where I've seen epi- examples of systemic racism, the abortion movement, the teacher unions, I mean... I've been taking on those issues since the day that the, they put a microphone in front of my face. I mean, they told me, don't make your, a, a school board election the centerpiece of your show. Nobody will care. 1,500 people vote in those, but I made it the centerpiece of the show because I cared. My kids weren't even in the schools, or I don't even live in the Des Moines school district. You know why I did it? Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Because this is the largest school district in our state, and a lot of the husbands for our daughters and wives for our sons and Uh, Business owners and politicians for the next generation of our grandchildren are coming out of this gene pool. That's why I did it. I don't live in Des Moines. My kids have never seen the inside of a government school building, except if it's been for some community event. But that's why I did it. If there's other areas, Drexel, I'm missing, by all means, point them out to me and let's discuss them. Let's go next with Sean, who says, I served in the U.S. Army for almost 11 years before catching the Obama axe. During that time, I served 42 months deployed in support of combat operations in Iraq. And yes, in probably some of the worst places imaginable, like Ramadi and others, to Crete, just to name a few. In my time there, I did lose a lot of brothers. Some killed in action, wounded, and then later on, dying and so on. But I'm I'm at the end after everything. I've lost more brothers since I've been out than I ever did while being in. Today just happens to be the fourth anniversary or the anniversary of February 4th, 2005, when two of my brothers were killed and injured significantly because an officer who should have never been put in charge of an infantry company, company, wanted to go to a big base and get a cup of coffee, literally. One of my brothers who recently took his life Granted, a part of me doesn't understand how some choose this path to end their pain. But his message that I believe is one there should be some light drawn to, that only life matters. And ironically, he was stating this while he was taking his own. I know you're a busy man, and I do appreciate everything you guys do with your show. I don't even know if maybe this is something you might read or not. Maybe it's just me venting at this point. But this message is clear, and his message was clear. Only life matters. He felt it so deeply He ended up taking his own life to try to spread the message. I appreciate what you do with your show. Y'all are amazing. I hope you can keep this going for many years. Sean, I wanted to read that note because now we're we're talking about sending... uh, uh, President Biden's talking about sending people into Syria. The Washington machine of Republicans and Democrats are... Now we're talking about Burma. I didn't serve brother I'm so grateful and thankful people like you did on my behalf I can't even imagine I can't and I'm blessed to not have to imagine what it's like to wear that uniform see what you have seen and come face to face with man's inhumanity to man and then what that does to you When you ingest that, when you receive it, unfortunately, east of Eden, war is a a necessity at times for the human condition. Sometimes our systems of negotiation and diplomacy fail. Sometimes there's, there's no other way to push back against evil. Than to confront it violently. But notice I started both of those sentences with the word sometimes. This perpetual war machine, this perpetual business of war. This isn't the 80s. You know, you're not standing a post in France or West Germany against the Soviet Union. And largely in cultures that have, while some vast differences, come from the same Western tradition that you do. So there's also some commonalities. Instead, we're going to parts of of the world that are way beyond us historically. We are foreigners at best, infidels at worst. And we just perpetually hang out waiting to see if today's the day that the bad guys ambush us. And then we're told we have to fight them over here, over there, or we're going to fight them here. And yet we have seen numerous terrorist attacks. I mean, we got a guy wielding a machete in Ohio. We had San Bernardino. So that we just caught 11 Iranians trying to come over the border two weeks ago. That strategy is a fallacy. That talking point's not true. We owe it to Sean and his friends and his fellow brothers to ask them to make this sacrifice only in the most extreme of, of, of circumstances, only when it's vitally clear. Everyone agrees. it's a necessity there's no other way but to just casually just assign people to these duties to have moms and dads now tagging out of the ring in the middle east while their sons and daughters take their place to tag in is wrong it's immoral and finally it hasn't worked it hasn't worked We signed more peace deals in that region of the country or world than we ever have with the guy who called Iraq a boondoggle, said we had to bring all of our troops home and we're wasting our time. That guy signed more peace deals than anybody else did in that region of the world. And then when you come home, you come home to a VA system that, well, that's been well documented. What's gone on there? It's a travesty. It's a disgrace. And I would argue maybe next to abortion, it is the worst of our national sins. Because to treat those who are willing to be our sacrificial proxies, if if called upon, to treat them when they safely come home the way that we have often done so, especially as they get advanced in years. You know, I've kidded a lot about moving to Texas over the years. You know, one of the main reasons we don't is we have an excellent VA system in Iowa. And my father-in-law is 101st Airborne, has a lot of medical issues right now and gets and likes the care that he gets. And we don't want to risk going somewhere else where they may not have a good VA. That's just a disgrace. It, it it's 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 an ingrate. It's it's a spitting on those that we wouldn't be here without. And I'm just, I was broken hearted reading your note, Sean. And I just thought it would, I just wanted to spend a few minutes sharing it with the rest of the audience. Because at places like here at the place, you guys are heroes. We've got your back. And we want to see you guys kick ass and take names and then come home. And only be asked to kick ass and take names if that's the only option that is left. You didn't sign up to be a mall cop. And so I I don't have anything more than that, man, other than to just offer some empathy and a thank you. You guys have anything you want to add?
0: Yeah, this is a disgusting, bizarre world version of what we've done to men like this of uh john adams when he said uh, my generation studies war so that your general my son's generation could study politics and his son's generation can study the arts well we we got to that place in america that we had a land of milk and honey in many respects and then we perverted the arts which per- this is what downstream from culture ultimately means and then we perverted our politics and nothing is serious and we never really fight and then we send men like you back to war just utterly shaming what john adams meant when he said we will stand on this hill and fight a noble fight but now we've so perverted every aspect of our culture that downhill you guys are downhill from all of it and you don't you end up over there and you know you're fighting bad guys on some level but you know nobody over here has your back We're too busy being titillated by God knows what standing for nothing, not caring about you. So thank you for writing in. Keep your courage. Um, I wish we could do more,
1: but God bless you. We'll come back with some more feedback Friday here in a moment. And I continue to get notes from people who have some empathy with me, and we'll discuss that when we return. We all know the detrimental impact of too much screen time for the kids, whether it's the content they're even looking at online or the shortening of attention spans, the loss of creativity. So we need better ways for our children and grandchildren to use their downtime. That's why I want to tell you about Annie's Kit Clubs. They have the perfect subscription box for both boys and girls. For the boys, they've got the Young Woodworkers Kit Club. It's a monthly subscription that puts real tools into your child's hands so that they'll receive an all-in-one woodworking kit with the material. And tools needed to make an awesome woodworking project with minimal supervision. For the girls, uh, check out Annie's Creative Girls Club, which sends two fun craft projects every month, complete with easy to follow instructions. You can kickstart her creativity through painting, beading, and more. Help your kids develop actual skills, mastering real world building or new crafting techniques while expressing their creativity. Makes a great gift too. Go to Annie's KitClubs.com. Annie's A-N-N-I-E-S. Annie's KitClubs.com slash Steve. Save seventy-five percent off your first shipment. That's a big saving. Seventy-five percent off at Annie's KitClubs.com slash Steve. Again, Annie's dot com slash Steve. Let's continue here on some theology thir- I'm sorry, uh, feedback Friday with Hunter. I just wanted to share the fact that I'm going through the same issues you recently mentioned on your show. I've gotten to the point where I cannot stop thinking about how much I detest some of these people. When I go out, I hope that someone says something to me about a mask or social distancing, just so I can explode. Deep down, I hope someone starts a confrontation at work, just so I can get fired going off. Sometimes I think I would prefer the entire country devolve into a cannibalistic dystopia run by warlords. As long as the warlords were honest about the fact that that's what they were. Not having succumbed to that yet, that impulse, but maybe that's next. I believe it was Dante who said that hell is a place with no reason. If that is the case, I truly believe that we have slipped into the seventh circle and I would trade just about any worldly comfort in order to escape it. Yeah, I think you might be a little bit further down the rabbit hole Dante uh, than I am, but I got I, I mean, I got several emails and I confessed this on the show last week. I am really I'm really struggling with anger, really. I mean, there's some function going on here with the family leader today. So, like all the parking spots in front of the building are full. So I've got to park down at the end of the parking lot here in the office uh, complex. And I'm not even in front of the other um, company at the end of the hall or the end of the drive. I'm in the back lot. I'm not parked in front of their door. So I'm in the back lot. There's other spaces next to me. The guy comes rumbling, bumbling out of the front door of the company down the hall here. Hey, you can't park on that side. And I am so aware of the fact that I am a time bomb right now that
2: I just ignored him. Some context here. As of right now, it is minus three degrees. Yes, that that's not making it better, by the way. Okay, but
1: um, I, I just, I knew I could not engage him or I thought the odds would be low that I would engage him in any form of congeniality. So he's just yelling over and over again. I just ignored him, never acknowledged him, and just walked the 25 yards to the door while he just kept repeating himself. And I just, I made that decision because I'm just like, I know, I know I can't even right now, okay? And I'm going to take the bait. You know why? Because I want to. I want to. To take the bait, and there are many of you in this audience feeling the same way because I, I I received quite a few emails along these lines. Michael in Australia says, "Privacy will soon become the world's most scarce commodity." Think about it. If a Facebook, Twitter, Gmail you name it, competitor, came out with a similar service on monthly subscription, they'd sell the right to own and distribute your own data. Instead of having to resort to anti-consumer tactics to invade every corner of your life in order to pursue growth, you'd just be cutting the advertisers out and providing a direct revenue stream instead. Who wouldn't pay for that peace of mind? States could lay the legal groundwork for such companies to exist through enshrining privacy protections in the law. This would be a clear invitation to the market to fill this need and directly compete with big tech, with a with a way superior product, an example comes to mind is the, is in the piracy world. Piracy websites such as Pirate Bay have been host hosted in Sweden historically due to the legal protections afforded to them. I actually think this is what Dave Rubin is doing. He was telling me about this when we were in Texas a couple of weeks ago. That this is what his social platform is. That that they are locked out of your your data. It's it's a subscription so that they don't have to worry about editing or. Um, revenues off of advertising, and so advertisers get skittish about your content. You just pay for them to host your social media site on their platform, and it's encrypted so that his company then can't still take your data and sell it. I think that's what he's doing. I wish I could remember what it's called, but this sounds, Michael, in Australia, like what Dave Rubin was telling me a couple of weeks ago that he is doing right now with a social media platform he's trying to start. Todd in East Peoria, Illinois. says, I want to let you know, there is a conservative island in a sea of blue state liberal uh, tree hugging for everyone. What's my pronoun today? Land of the face diaper, Illinois. I like that. Uh, He says, I live in East Peoria, Illinois. Our wonderful mayor has stood up to Governor Pritzker. Restaurants and businesses were opened way before the state decided that it was okay. In fact, a couple of nights ago, one of our local police heroes was stabbed by a perp. The officer was stabbed many times and he shot and killed the perp. Our mayor went on local TV, so he's always got the backs of the police. And we always will. Um, He's a badass and most of us love him. Again, that's from Todd in East Peoria, Illinois. That is an example of what we need to do. Now, I've been to East Peoria, Illinois recently, so I can't verify that this is an accurate depiction of that place as a... um, It doesn't surprise me. I I know a little bit about it. But you do? Okay. But I'll take Todd at his word for it. But this is what we need to do. We're just not doing that here. Thank you but we're, we're just not doing that here. In our county, in our state, in our city, our precinct, our neighborhood, we're not, our state, we're not, we're, not, we're not doing that here, but thanks. But we're not. We opt out. Appreciate it, though. Knock them knock him dead. We'll see how it works for you, but here, that doesn't work for us. Thank you. That's what we have to do. Anything short of that, And you're a protester in Tiananmen Square standing in front of a tank. Werner writes, you guys are truly inspirational. I never thought about returning to the church before I started watching you guys' show. I've started the process of getting back on that path, and you've been a big big part of it. Keep fighting the good fight. Thank you very much, Werner. Appreciate it, brother. That's
0: why we do what we do here. Nothing blows my mind more than those emails. Mm -hmm. The fact that people are returning to God because... Something the three of us may have said. I'm, I mean, I'm humbled beyond that's words. That's proof there is a God. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's well said. Yes. Gary writes I agree that people judge truth by their feelings. I do it too as a Christian. I often will not share the gospel because of the feeling of fear. I fear the consequences and potential ramifications of sharing the gospel. Therefore, practically speaking, I disavow the truth because of my own feelings. Well, the good news is you recognize this. That's the first step. But the next step is now you've got to rectify it, okay? Because the spirit of the age, they, they don't have any fear. It doesn't have any fear whatsoever about evangelizing its positions or then turning into an inquisition if you will not be evangelized. It doesn't seem like it's all that restrained, does it? No. It doesn't seem like it's really all that nervous about it, right? No. Right, yeah. So, ultimately... Never forget this. If God is sovereign and we are free, if those two things are true, then we have as much evil and tyranny as we are willing to tolerate. Let me repeat that. If God is sovereign and we are free, then we have as much evil and tyranny as we are willing to tolerate. That's what government by the consent of the government means, folks. If you consent to it, They can do whatever they want. It doesn't matter what the Constitution says. Hey, isn't that back on the bumper, man? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. matter. It's a blog. It's a dead letter. Whatever you consent to is the law. No matter how many times you quote codes and constitutional uh, um, clauses and amendments, irrelevant. You consent to it. It's the law. You made it so. So if God is sovereign and we are free, we have as much evil and tyranny as we are willing to tolerate. Zach in California says, I want to reach out and thank you guys for what you've been doing. The Lord has used you guys to show in a major way in my life. I've been a Christian for 10 years, but but over the last few, my faith's been kind of dormant. Things began to change three years ago when I started getting involved politically and culturally. I began a journey through conservative media and pursuit of truth and a foundation for what I'd come to believe, uh, much like when I came to the Lord 10 years ago. Uh, I love Steven Crowder's show. He introduced me to the Blaze Network, which then led me to your show. I, I, I have never met Steven. I've communicated with him digitally. One day I have to thank him because the amount of emails I have received from people who came to our show through him is is a long list. Um, but you guys have now become one of my favorites on the blaze by far. Your examination of our country's culture and politics from a biblical worldview is refreshing. I thought I had tuned in simply for daily political analysis, but ended up getting far more than I imagined. I appreciate so much of you guys' abilities to highlight the deeper spiritual warfare that is happening in the country. That This isn't simply a political battle. Listening to your show has caused a fire to light up again in me for both the Lord and his truth. I'm yearning again to know him and to live out the life he's called me to live. I want people to know Christ and come to repentance again. I'm getting boldness to speak out again, which I thought I had lost. Basically, if it wasn't for God leading me to your show, I'd probably be baiting to (laughs) Foxhub. Oh, my bad. Ralphie, what did the piggy say? Sorry. Um, Can't forget that one. I'm fully on board with the theme of the show this year. The answer is us. So I'm trying to live that out in my own life and encourage my fellow believers and conservatives to do the same, pouring myself into my marriage, my church, my job, being a leader and an advocate for the truth. Um, Thanks again. Keep fighting the good fight. P.S. I am owning the snot out of my Democrat mom with all the COVID data you guys have been providing. (laughs) (laughs) Your face mom. Yes. That's funny. I like how he throws that in. Like this really like pious inspirational note at the end. Dude, I'm freaking crushing my mom right now. All right. That's great. Throw that at the end. Love that. Um Chad in New Jersey writes, being a young male conservative in a blue state, I'm finding it harder and harder to find like-minded individuals in my area. I feel overwhelmed by left-wing views. Conservative views are publicly lynched in my face, whether it be Instagram or even in my own iMessage group group chats amongst friends. Wondering if you had any advice for young adults growing up in an age when you're praised for posting flaunting your left-wing views and ridiculed if conservatives do the same. How do I show more of my friends that liberty and freedom is the way? Aaron, I'm I put this email in for you. This is your generation,
2: right? It's funny. I was thinking about this same thing today. I, I mean, it's just—it seems like if you're a millennial and um, and even more so a Gen Zer, but I'll just speak for my generation now. Having a, an even younger generation to kind of triangulate. I mean, uh, to kind of um, um, observe a little bit. The uh, the, there is a ubiquitous kind of mindset amongst millennials, at least that I've seen, is that they each want to be very, very different. In fact, the only thing they have in common, it seems like, is that they all want to be different. Mm -hmm. And then when you look, um, if you look amongst just the um, my cohort, So I grew up in the church. Um, I, I went to a private Christian school. I will say most of the people in my cohort with limited exceptions and surprising exceptions. When I look back on it, um, most of them either tend to fall into just the um, uh, left of center, if not now left wing, especially after leaving college to um, a progressive Christian mindset, a small C Christian to, um, uh, to a more neocon nicer than God uh, conservatism, if you can even say that. And I, I, give that context. That's just my cohort. I give that context, um, a, as a way to kind of understand how to persuade people. I, I think over overwhelmingly, and we've talked about this on the show before the, the most, the, the, the best way that you can actually reach my generation is with a, um, a, a, a not, not the physical conservatism, socially liberal. Just be salt. Actually believe in something. OK, no more of the uh, no more of the actual or no more of the uh, milk toastness that we've seen from generations. That's they're rejecting that. They don't fall. My generation doesn't fall for Bernie Sanders because he's got he's cracked the code of humanity. No, they fall for him because he seems genuine and people on the left seem genuine. Um, so I, I don't really think it's any sort of uh, silver bullet argument that you can make. Are you genuine? In your arguments, mm-hmm. are are you actually a genuine human being? Mm-hmm. That's 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 how you're going to reach. I think the most the most people, at least in my generation. Now, Generation Z. Now that I can actually uh, rip on another generation instead of being the rippy, the recipient of the ripping, <laughs> uh, they're a lost cause. They're a total lost cause. I'm just. i kid. I'm, I'm kidding. By the way, see <laughs> yeah, how you like it, Gen Z. This moment of reassurance brought to you <laughs> yeah. by Aaron
1: McIntyre. All right. The next email is too long. I don't have time to get to it, which is too bad because it's a great note from a guy living in a former Eastern Bloc country, but uh, we'll save it for next week. Any final thoughts before we get out of here today?
0: Did you see what Gina Carano tweeted out finally? I did not, no. Yeah, it's fantastic. She's like the rebellion has only begun. Man, she's cool.
1: Cool. Because I I will confess, man, uh, this time yesterday, not knowing her at all. But I wondered if she would try to find some kind of passive-aggressive path back to "quote-unquote" mainstream acceptance. Nope,
3: not no, my man. beep bop uh, boop, sweetheart. No, no that's no, not how she I, plays. I think she's
1: skipped right past doubling down, and we're just at Danny DeVito hit me stage right now, right? So,
0: cool chick, man. Yeah, cool I agree.
1: Chick, I agree.
2: Yeah, I don't. I mean, she understands the cultural institution that Star Wars is, and how mm-hmm. popular she, The Mandalorian is. That I mean, that's saying something. She had,
0: listen. I'm not big on MMA, and I'm really uncomfortable with women in it. As I am just I. really
1: am. But listen, she's gorgeous, but I just but don't like women don't, hitting each no. other. I don't. But
0: she knows how to fight. Yes. This is a fight we are in. This is what my point earlier on. One is coming. One is leaving this arena, and one is not. There's no meeting in the middle. She gets that, and she's relentless
1: at it. And God bless her for it. And she hasn't taken any time either. Like it's not, she took like some cooling down time to reassess. I mean, No, she's, she's known what she's nope. been doing all along. Immediately throwing punches back. This, this is, is the way. way. Yes. There you go. All right. That'll do it for today's program. We're going to stick around to the overtime best and worst of the week. For Blaze TV subscribers at blazetv.com slash dace. For the rest of you, have a great weekend. We'll see you again on Monday. Until then, John 317.